The following program is underwritten in part by World's Best Cat Litter. You love your cat, but you don't love the litter box mess. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter and get a cleaner litter box with less hassle and less litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, Happy New Year's Eve. Thank you for joining us on this special day as we uh, close out 2016. Robert Simro will have the five thoughts as the pet world says goodbye to 2016 coming up in a few minutes. I'm I'm excited to hear what he yeah, has on his mind there. Me too. Today we will have Ralph Nader joining us. Ralph Nader. Why? The, the Ralph. Go Ralph. Nader. Yeah. <laughs> he ran for president several times, you might remember, or you might not remember. And he's always been an advocate for health and for uh, the safety of cars and now is talking out for the animals with a brand new book called Animal Envy. And he'll be joining us in just a few minutes on this New Year's Eve. Uh, let's see, what's going on over there in the newsroom, Ms. Brooks? Well, I have some fascinating facts for you about animal or dog saliva. Dog saliva. And, yeah. There's a, a really a lot to know and understand. <laughs> and also, what dog saliva has to do with allergies to dogs. Really? They're related. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know, Judy, you allow Ladybug to pretty much saliva your entire face. No. You'll tongue her. No, you're wrong. I will not let her anywhere near my lips. She can do my chin and my nose and maybe my cheek, but we stay away from the mouth. Now, it doesn't disturb you that she just came from the kitty litter where she was having a little <laughs> almond roca. Well, or- obviously, I didn't see that or I wouldn't have let her. You saw it. Yeah, you didn't you warn know, you, me. You never mind a dog kiss and, and, until you see them eating a cat crunchy. You know? <laughs> well, in her defense, she likes the litter itself. She doesn't eat the roca. Oh. I, yeah. I know that makes no difference, but still. <laughs> oh, good for you. Okay. Well, I, I, yeah. yeah. Do, do you let your dogs lick your face, Joey? Unfortunately, yeah, I do. I do. Um, but we don't, I don't have cats in the house. So, but I do, you know. I do, and I love it. You love it, too. I yeah, kissed a dog, fine. and I liked it. You know what? Yeah. I got to say, I. I'm probably the only one in the studio. I know Dr. Debbie's working her way in here, and I know she probably sides with me here. The the whole kissing thing is not hygienic. And you know I'm kind of a germaphobe as it is. I wash my hands yeah, all the time. Yeah, you are. Every... But see, you just don't have that relationship with the dog. I have that relationship. You... I see where he was no just bond. cleaning. Yeah, you have the cats, and the cats don't really lick you much. You're going to have news about that coming up in just a few minutes. I'd love to hear from listeners on this topic here. Do you let your dog tongue you? Well, not tongue you. No. Just lick your face. Yeah. Yeah, and not the I'd lips. like to see the list of your girlfriends growing up, you know. Maybe the dogs were better, you know. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I don't know. We're yeah. we're way out of control, but going in our favor it is the last show of the year. Yeah. So we're we're running on uh empty as it is. Eggnog. Eggnog fumes. Left over. <laughs> I also have a couple of kids coming on to talk about their brand new invention to help blind dogs. You know anything about this? It's an infrared sensor dog collar. Now, and these are kids that designed this? These are kids, yeah. These are 
they're young teenagers. Young teenagers. Yeah, I think even younger Love than it. that. Preteens. Okay. Twe- tweens? Tweens? Is that what they call them? Okay, we'll be talking yes. to them in just a few minutes. And if you are... A lover of the Pitbull like we are here. You're going to love Deidre Franklin and her brand new book, The Pitbull Life. She's joining us, and we'll have giveaways of her book just around the corner. Uh, but first, your calls, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Hi, Linda. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you very much. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Pinehurst in North Carolina. Mm, okay. Is that coastal? Uh, no, it's not coastal. It's um, a bit further inland, about two hours. It's, there's a lot of golf around here. Is that, is that your North Carolina golf. accent, too? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I haven't picked that up yet. No. <laughs> you are on with Dr. Debbie. Wonderful. Um, well, I wonder if you can help me, Dr. Debbie, with my little spaniel mix, Sophie. She's six years old, and... She has, like, an obsessive uh, compulsive disorder that seems to be getting worse. It's a behavior where it's, it's very hard to describe, but she'll sit down on anything soft, and then she'll move her paw, fold her paw over, one of her paws over, and move it from left to right, left to right, as if she's smoothing over the surface, and she'll move her head one side to the other. And sometimes she does it, she, it becomes more rapid, and um, it's just very strange to watch, and we have to cut, try to call her or, you know, to get her attention out of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she'll just stare into, uh, stare at a spot, like on the coffee table leg. She'll just stare at, <laughs> stare at things. It's like she goes into a trance almost. Okay, and when she hears your voice, does that stop the behavior? Uh, it takes a little while. It takes a few minutes. Rather than just snapping her out of it, I find mostly if, if I kind of stroke her and say, Sophie, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. She'll stop, and then she'll just put her head down. But she'll do it on any uh, soft surface, any rug or any throw or on, on and, and in her bed as well. And, okay. Um, now... And does she do any kind of drooling? Um, is there any? No. What's her a- anxious state? Is she alert? Is she quiet and calm? Very. She's quiet. It's just the the rapid movement that she's doing with her head and and her paw, her foot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I guess it's possible we could be dealing with something of an obsessive compulsive disorder. The only thing with that is that we tend to see an, um, a state of anxiety or a heightened arousal. Um, from what you're describing, I'm actually a little bit concerned that this could be a form of a seizure disorder. Uh-huh. And in in dogs, a lot of people are really familiar with the grand mal seizure and what that looks like. Um, and in dogs, they'll fall over, kick, paddle. They may lose control of their bodily functions. But we can see other degrees of seizure disorders where they can either have what we call petite mal seizures or focal seizures. Mm-hmm. And that can affect just isolated parts of the body. Um, and in some pets, uh, a petite mal seizure can be something as simple as steering off into space and kind of yeah. being out of it for a short period of time. Um, the only thing that doesn't quite fit with that is, you know, the, the soft, uh, you know, environment trigger. 
Um, so that's a little bit curious. But I would certainly want to get Sophie um, checked out and probably get some lab work done just to rule out for some of the more common causes of seizure disorders. Seizure disorder, um, yeah. Oh, I had a among that had petite mole seizure or epilepsy, and it, this is this is kind of different to that in that she and has the, both the, the soft surfaces and, and it comes and yeah. goes, and she doesn't seem to be in any pain, but just mentally... <laughs> Yeah, if she's not fully mentally with it now, and that's that's one of the big differences, and it may be hard. This might be something a good idea to uh, videotape an exposure or an episode of this, because a lot of times as the veterinarian we can't see things, and I've had right. people bring in videotapes of behavioral problems or seizure disorders, and it can really help in making an accurate diagnosis. So I would you know pull out the old uh, iPhone or the uh, videotape okay. um, uh, player and and do that because that okay. really may help. Um, in deciding. If we're leaning more towards a behavioral problem, we talk about behavioral meds, you know, maybe some anti-anxiety things. But boy, I, I, I'd say first and foremost, I'd want to make sure we're not missing something with a seizure type problem. Okay. So yeah, I, I'd check that out. Get it checked up. And I love the name, Sophie. It's so sweet. I imagine a sweet, uh, sweet little cuddly gal. Very, very cuddly. She's 20 pounds, very brown, very sweet face. I think she's crossed with Papillon, not sure, but she's just very sweet. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. This is thank Dr. Debbie advice. with Animal Radio, one 405 8405 Hi, I, I think we have, uh, is this Frank on the line? Yes, it is. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing wonderful. What can I help you with today? Well, I have a uh, 12-year-old dachshund, and a couple of weeks ago he started uh, exhibiting symptoms of a, of a real raspy kind of a cough and a gagging. We thought maybe he had a cold or something, but it gets continuously worse. He's having, we're, we're trying to make an appointment for the vet Monday, but I'm kind of concerned about him. He, okay. he seems to be having, uh, um, at, at times he's fine, and then when he has these attacks, it's it's like, you know how when you choke, you can't get the air in? Well, mm-hmm. he seems to be just the opposite. He seems to be able to take the air in, but then he has trouble getting it out, and he just kind of pants. And he got Last night, he was really bad. Would you call this basically a true cough where he's going, <coughs> or is it more kind of like a snorting, kind of on the inhale kind of sound? It's more, it's more of a cough, and then he'll cough for a little while, and he keep, I, I can see him trying to force air out. And then he'll finally okay. gag a little bit, and then he'll be okay for a while. But he doesn't okay. gag any stuff. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to figure out in my mind, without seeing him, is if this is really a coughing that he's exhibiting or if it's more what we'd call a reverse sneezing, which kind of looks like an asthmatic attack in a dog, um, although they don't really truly get that kind of thing there. Um, but it's kind of where they're... Um, labored and breathing, they can't quite catch their breath, but it's not in a coughing kind of zone. It's more kind of how I feel right now. <laughs> My head's kind of congested and it's kind of a... That, that could well be it. Okay. it it's, it's not a cough like I would, you know, lose... <coughs> but it's like... Okay. <laughs> if if okay. that's making any sense over the phone. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I, I love these, uh, these audio, uh, descriptions because, I mean, that, that to me could be on that borderline of maybe a real cough. So I would just say yes. I would definitely make sure we get him to the veterinarian because a doggy in his age group, we really want to look at that heart as a potential cause of, uh, coughing related problems. Um, and they get some other things, some bronchial problems, some collapsing trachea things. But if this is something that came on all of a sudden, then I would certainly want to get some chest x-rays and look at that. If we're leaving Leaning more towards this reverse sneezing thing, then that's com- kind of a different thing we see a lot with a lot of allergy times of the year. Um, some dogs get that when they have bad teeth or if they've got sinus infections. So some of those things, I can envision some good things that maybe might be causing that. Um, but as far as if we're actually labored with that breathing, then I would really be cautious and I'd want to get him looked at right away. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 84 People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. Happy New Year to you. Almost New Year. It's almost there. Yes. I won't be around when you're looking for someone to kiss at midnight, so I'm going to tell you right now, we love you lots. <laughs> We'd give you a big sloppy kiss for listening. We thank you and appreciate your listenership through 2016 and end of 2017. Yeah. And in just a couple of minutes, Robert Simro with five thoughts as the pet world says goodbye to 2016. Also on the way, Ralph Nader will be joining us. He wrote a book. It's actually a pretty cool book. He's actually a pretty good writer, I might add. <laughs> It's where the animals have a common language as the humans. So we understand what there's, it's obviously fiction. Right. And what they would say if, if they could talk to us, if we had the same language and we could understand each other. Oh, heaven forbid I find out what my dogs are saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't want that. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention, if you need your fix during the week, you can head on over to animalradio.pet. Some of the interviews that you hear because of time restraints or constraints are cut a little short if you want to hear entire interviews. And also, I believe there's some interviews that have language in it that we just can't air on the radio. <laughs> so, boy, you, you'd be amazed. Now, we got their mouths. now they got their interest. They yes. want to listen. And, of course, download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Uh, what are you working on over there, Lori? I am going to be talking about presidential pets. Presidential or, pets. Yeah, in the case in about three weeks... Um, the lack of. The lack of. I mean, it, it has been a long, long time since we have had somebody in the White House who hasn't had a pet. Now, I heard rumor that, uh, the Donald was getting a pet. Maybe it's Probably. a pet rock um, he's getting. He would, yeah. a pet rock would be about it. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. He's a germaphobe too, Hal. <laughs> he is a germaphobe? Apparently the Donald and I are more alike than I care to admit. Uh, but, uh, so we'll find out in just a couple of minutes what the pet situation is at the White House. And as we say goodbye to 2016, we're saluting some really great kids that are doing some fun stuff in the name of animals. We welcome to the show Joshua Armstrong. Hi, Joshua. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. How old are you? 
I'm 13. 13, and you are homeschooled, correct? Uh, yes, I am. You are a very smart kid, aren't you? I like to think so. <laughs> where, where do you live? Uh, Norman, Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Okay. You are working on something that could possibly help dogs in the future, huh? Uh, yes. What is it? It is a collar that helps. Well, actually, it's a, a, a circuit box that circuit? goes on the dog's collar. Okay. And what does it do? Just a second. I need to hand you over to my brother, Zach. Okay, so your brother, Zach. How old is Zach? Uh, he's 15. Okay, let's talk to your bigger brother. Hello. So you and your brother have been working on this genius device that uh, that will probably help dogs in the future, right? Yes, we are. Okay, so it attaches to the dog's neck. It's a circuit. And what does it do? Well, whenever it's on the dog we, and we turn it on, then it sends out a burst of infrared light. And whenever an object's close to the infrared, it can bounce back, sort of like it does in people's eyes with light. And whenever it bounces back to a little receiver, then the device beeps. And the dog knows that the beep means to... Stop or turn away. So this is for a blind dog, right? Yes, actually a blind Great Dane. Blind Great Dane. Oh, so are you making it for a specific dog? Um, no, we're actually making this for a person who boards our dog. Okay. And um, hopefully in the future we may be able to get this out to many more people than just her. And it's using ultra, ultra, ultra red light. What is it? What kind of light? Ultraviolet light? What is it? Infrared light. Infrared light. It's just <laughs> below red. Okay, so it, humans can't see it. Right. Can the dog see it? I know they can hear and see things that we can't see. Um, as far as I can tell, dogs cannot see infrared. And even if they could see this, then it would be, to them, just sort of dim. You guys are pretty smart. I wish I was that <laughs> smart when I was that age. Yeah, me too. Uh, we, learned from, we learned from our elders. What, what, are your, uh, what do your mom and dad do for a living? Uh, my dad is an x-ray tech. Okay. And my mom is a nurse in the ER. And are they the ones that homeschool you? Yes, sir. And how many kids are working on this project? We currently have uh, five kids working on it. Me, my brother Josh, who's still on the line with me, uh, my sister Mariah, my other sister Rachel, and a friend of ours named Matthew Lewis. And so where do we go from here? You're still testing and uh, trying it out? Yep, we are testing it and we are perfecting it. So the one problem we have with it is that it does not work as well in sunlight because sunlight contains infrared oh. and uh, sort of interferes a little bit. Another potential that we are looking into right now is the potential of laser technology to where it can um, work better in sunlight and basically work all the time instead of just less sunny settings. Yeah. That is so cool because you know, I'm sure you know this, Zach, or you've learned that that animal tech gadgets, that's like one of the, or if not the fastest growing segment of, of the pet industry. It is, is it? Yeah. This yeah. year, one of the biggest, uh, well, there's a couple of things. The GPS uh, for dogs is still big and huge. I mean, that's a that's one part of the sector that's mm-hmm. just taken off. Also, the, the home cameras that uh, feed the animals. Oh, yes. A lot of technology this year. So I think you're in the right area. And I, as soon as you fine-tune right. it, will you give us a call? Oh, sure. Let us know when it's uh, ready for production or when you make that multi-million dollar deal to, to have it licensed somewhere. We want to hear about it. you guys have a website? Yes, actually we do. What is it? It is 23910timberwolves.doodlekit.com. Okay, it's a long one, so we're going to put the link over at animalradio.pet. And uh, anybody who wants to learn more about what you're doing, they can uh, head on over there and link directly to your site. We appreciate you and Joshua talking to us today. Thank you.
you. Have All a, right. Thank you. Proud to know you guys. Take care, guys. Yeah, great work. Always fun to talk to young kids, up and comers in the yeah, business. Yeah, these kids are going to go far, I bet. Yep. You're gonna. We should remember their names. We're going to hear from them again. They I was not homeschooled, and even at uh, 13 and 15, at that age, I was just picking my nose a lot, really. I... <laughs> I <laughs> That's the way it is. Okay. Uh, we're going to head back to the phones toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. A recent study published in the Journal of Current Biology has found what they call strong evidence that dogs have episodic memory, or that's the amazing ability to recall events from the past like humans do. So to test and explore the dog's memory, here's what they did. Researchers took advantage of a trick called do as I do, Now, dogs trained to do as I do can watch a person perform an action and then repeat it. For example, if the owner walks two steps forward and stops and gives the do it command right after, then the dog is going to do exactly the same if it's doing it correctly. So they tested each of the subject dogs using that technique. After one minute, they gave the do it command, and then again they gave the command after one hour. And then the results show that all the dogs were able to recall the demonstrated actions after both the short and long-term intervals. So the researchers say, from a broad evolutionary perspective, this pretty much implies that episodic-like memory is not unique and did not evolve only in primates, but is more widespread in the animal kingdom than we had thought before. Pretty cool. That is. I, but I you know what? I'm not terribly surprised. <laughs> you, you know, and that's what I love. That you know, it seemed like the bottom line of this study is that they're saying, you know, we're 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 kind of not surprised either. And and why are we always so surprised at what <laughs> dogs can do? Yes. Well, most of us don't think twice about the uh, saliva. That comes out of our dog's mouth. You know, we like a, a kiss every now and then, right? Sure. But um, it, it's the, the common thing is our lack of understanding of animal saliva. Apparently, animal saliva is much more complicated than what we had previously believed, or those of us who aren't veterinarians. And uh, we don't understand as well how it impacts both humans and our pets. So from the website PetMD, I found this um, some fascinating facts about dog saliva that may change the way you think about your pet and its mouth. They say dog saliva actually helps prevent them from getting cavities. Who knew? It's uh, also much better than human saliva preventing cavities, and mostly that is because a dog's saliva is more alkaline than ours is. 
So try some of these facts on that I'm giving you at your New Year's Eve party tonight, okay? Uh, dog saliva is also antibacterial. You know how you're always seeing them licking something. But licking is not going to cure all of their superficial infections, so you still have to visit the vet. Now, just because dog saliva has antibacterial properties does not mean that dog kisses are clean and you can let your guard down. There was a study published in the journal Oral Biology a couple of years ago that found there can be transmission of bacteria between dogs and their humans. Now, dog saliva, this to me was fascinating because I didn't really understand this before, but dog saliva may produce allergies in humans. While most of us believe that, you know, it's the pet fur or the dander that's the culprit of our allergic reactions to dogs, many allergies, it turns out, actually stem from proteins that are found in dog saliva. And you're thinking, okay, well, here's, here's how that works. Dog saliva contains at least 12 different allergy-causing proteins. So when a dog, you know, cleans himself and licks their fur, the saliva dries. And then those proteins become airborne. They land on you or wherever. Or, of course, a a dog could just lick you and you would, you know, possibly get an allergic reaction. But researchers who conducted that study concluded that dog saliva does have greater potential as an allergen source than dog dander. Ah. Hmm. So don't be tonguing your dog anymore, uh, even though you think it may prevent cavities in yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Very good point, Hal. Now, barring any new addition to the Trump household between now and January 20th, Donald Trump will become the first president in 150 years who does not have a pet. Now, if horses are included in this, every president except James Polk and Andrew Johnson has owned a pet for at least part of his term in office. Aside from the benefits that pets, you know, we all know that they bestow on us and on first families, presidential pets have for decades also served to soften a president's image and give them positive White House news coverage. (laughs) They can be a great distraction. Now, presidential pets have ranged from the conventional to the more exotic. Martin Van Buren had tiger cubs in the White House. Thomas Jefferson and Theodore Roosevelt had bears. Calvin Coolidge even had a pygmy hippopotamus. Though in recent decades, most first families have pretty much stuck to dogs and cats. So we'll see if President-elect Trump is going to keep the tradition going well, and maybe get the a Obamas, pet in the White House again. Didn't the Obamas get their pet afterwards? They did. They got yeah, the they did. Portuguese water, but it was, a- it was afterwards, right? Yeah, he was already right, in the White and, House. Right, but th- and, and that still counts. As long as okay. they have at least, in, you know, for part of their term. But what was cool about the Obamas was that they got so much attention. Because remember, when he was nominated, they promised the girls that then they would be getting a dog. Didn't matter if he won or lost the election, mm. but the nomination ah. was what landed them a dog. I think Senor Pretty Trump cute. certainly could use a dog. Yeah, he needs one more than anybody. A chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think a chihuahua, Joey? What would you guys say, Judy? Well, I was good for Mexico. He's going to build the wall, so he might as well get, get some I, sort of mascot. You know, I have to agree. With, I agree with Joey. What kind of dog, Hal? What was Goofy? Goofy was a lab, wasn't he? 
Goofy? Wasn't he a Great Dane? I, you never Goofy really know what Goofy was. I'm thinking of wait, Pluto. Well, Pluto was a Great Dane, right? Goofy had really long ears. He right? did have long ears. Maybe he was a hound of some sort. I think he was a hound. I'm Lori Brooks. We'll have fun with this one. Tell us what you guys think. You can get more breaking animal news, by the way, too, anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Hello, Animal Radio friends. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List. Five thoughts as the pet world says goodbye to 2016. 2016 was an incredible year in the pet world. So many touching stories ranging from pets rescuing loved ones to loved ones rescuing pets. The pet world is full of inspiration, passion, and dedication. And I'm happy to say that even in all the craziness that was the 2016 election, pets still remain a unifier for all. I often commented to my family and friends that at every political debate, they should unleash a few puppies and kittens. Who can spew anger and argue when a cute puppy or kitten is around? I know it sounds Pollyannic, but I think everyone needs to look at their pets and remember, my pets are a reflection of my energy. If I'm stressed and screaming at the TV or other people, then my pet is going to reflect that back to me. Plus, if you happen to have a bird that can vocalize your words, you might want to remember that the next time you rant about the world. Within the pet industry, we saw a lot of change. Companies merging, companies releasing new products, and of course, pet parents demanding better for their pets. We saw more natural products coming to the forefront, but not only in nutrition, but in toys, litter, healthcare, grooming, and so much more. We know that natural is no longer an alternative, but instead a lifestyle that many of us strive for in our own lives, as well as in those that we love. For our pets, that's extremely true, and in 2016, we saw more opportunities to achieve that than ever before. Technology was another area in the pet world that exploded with new gadgets and gizmos that improved the lives of pets from medical devices to communication devices to toys and the way that our pets engage in play as well as eating. We also saw an increase in pet businesses like dog training, behavioral consulting, photography, nutrition consulting, and so much more. People are increasingly turning their passion for pets into businesses. It doesn't take a pet psychic to know that our pets deserve and appreciate pampering. But an animal communicator will be happy to share your pet's thoughts on that. So maybe add that to your 2017 list of things to do with your pet. For me, 2016 was also the year that I lost my soul dog, Sugar Semro. She was my best friend, my family's guardian, and I have learned that I will always miss her. There isn't a day that goes by without her, her mannerisms, her love, or the lessons she taught me coming to mind. She was a dog that was abused until she rescued me and my wife. She taught me that things can and do change and that enjoying every possible minute, regardless of the outside world, was what life is all about. She inspired me to be a bigger part of the pet world and the human world as well. I may turn the page on 2016, but I'll never fill that hole in my heart that has been there since she left. And I now know that's okay. 
Share your 2016 Pet World memories on our Animal Radio Facebook page. A lot of dogs are afraid of fireworks, so here's ways you can help your dog. Tire them out because a tired dog is a calm dog. You remember to stay calm. Dogs can tell a lot from your body language, and if you're anxious, your dog's going to be anxious. So don't jump at the sound of fireworks. Pretend it's normal. You know, no big deal. You can leave a TV or a radio on. That helps your dog with fireworks because it dampens the sounds. Distract your dog. Take him outside and play ball with him. Take him for a fun walk. Take a bike ride and let him trot alongside. Make sure if your dog somehow runs away that his collar is on with his tag so people can contact you. With that in mind, keep your doors and windows shut. Dogs don't understand where fireworks are coming from. So when they hear them, their instinct may be to bolt. This is Animal Radio, baby. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. And I was laughing here at this book. This is this is like the cuteness overload for radio. You cannot see it, but let me assure you, the front of this book, The Pitbull Life, A Dog Lover's Companion, is absolutely adorable. Here, hold that picture up to the microphone, Judy. Oh, which one? They're all beautiful. Little baby pit bulls. <laughs> And, you know, I've always thought pit bulls get sort of a uh, bad rap. They do. They do. Yeah. Every generation, uh, there's a dog that gets kind of a bad Isn't rap. Isn't that the way it seems to have been over the last century or so? You remember when German Shepherds were the thing? And then Rin Tin Tin came out. Yep. And the whole thing changed. But oh. there's been, uh, what other dogs have been? Dobermans. Dobermans. Yep. Dobermans. Rottweilers. The Omen. And as you know, and we've said before... The most offending, biting dog is actually not a pit bull, but it's a dachshund. It's a dachshund. The dachshund little wiener dogs. Bites more people than any other breed of dog, but unfortunately it doesn't, or fortunately, it doesn't inflict the amount of damage, so it's not newsworthy. Uh, we have Deidre Franklin joining us. Hi, Deidre. How are you doing? Hi, good. How are you? Very good. So tell us a little bit about the book. Absolutely. So we wanted, uh, I actually co-authored it with a woman named Linda Lombardi. And she's a zoologist and an author. Um, but we wrote the book because we wanted to help people understand the laws affecting these dogs, uh, what it's like to own this kind of dog, especially as it pertains to people's perceptions. And we really wanted to give people a map in some ways of how to survive some of those challenges and enjoy their dogs at the same time. It's hard to do when you have cities like Denver. Denver, Colorado, what you think of as a pretty advanced, contemporary, modern city, sure. part of a state that has uh, recreational marijuana. I mean, you could drive down the street to uh, get an ounce, but you cannot get a pit bull there legally uh, because it is illegal there. Obviously, there's something very wrong with the system, huh? Absolutely. And so some of those laws were set up so long ago and by um, and in different times than we're living in now. And so the Denver example started in the 80s, and that's when they were worried about gang situations and drugs and other things. So they felt like if they 
spam dogs that they associated with these kinds of people at the time, then they would keep these dogs out of their population. But instead, they really just made them more popular with the people they were trying to affect. Oh, my, dog, my dogs have an opinion about this. Too. Good, good. <laughs> oh, yes, we want to hear it. What do you think, buddy? <laughs> like Denver is just wrong. Um, but um, so people are still trying to change these laws to this day. Part of the issue is people don't have type dogs in Denver to really understand wanting to bring them back to. Sure. So it's kind of, you know, a catch-22 in that way. Is there really a pit bull breed? No. <clears throat> There's no such thing as a pit bull. There's three different kinds of dogs that are purebred dogs that are associated with pit bulls. But part of the problem is is that most dogs look like some form of pit bull today because they're such a mutt, um, a muttly breed. So we have like 57 Heinz kind of dogs that all look like block-headed, short, stocky dogs. So you have, uh, I assume, the the dog in the background is a pit bull. What's his name? Uh, that's actually uh, our Harrier mix and our pit bull mix, Baxter and Zoe. So what should someone know if they're thinking about adopting a pit bull? I think the first thing to know is that you're going to be stigmatized automatically. So a lot of people, um, thankfully, are changing their minds about these dogs, but there's still going to be people who are going to yell at you when you walk that dog down the street who think that you have a dog that's dangerous just because... Does that really happen to you? All the time. Jeez. I even get emails from hate groups that tell me that it's my fault when something happens with a pit bull type dog because I'm promoting them. Do people cross the street uh-huh. when they see you coming down? Absolutely. But there's a lot more people these days crossing the street to meet my dogs, too. So <laughs> it's gotten better than, than it used to be. So That's we've true. made progress, you think? We have definitely made progress, yes. You know, I, I'm a pet sitter dog walker here in my town, and I do have a couple clients that have pit bulls. And when I go to their house, I go alone. You know, I'm opening their door, so that dog is protective of their house when I walk into it. And the two clients I've had, the dogs come charging at me when I open the door and jump all over me and just want to lick me to death. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, and you're supposed to be protecting your house. Exactly. Oh, they're you know? the worst guard dogs. They're they are. Like, the kitchen is in there, and if you could drop something off to me while you're on your way to the, the safe, just yeah. you know, hook me up on the way out. <laughs> or I'll show you where it is. Come exactly. along as you know. And they're like, just throw something over to me. Yeah. So yeah. if I get one, I guess it has to be twice as good as any dog, just exactly. behavior-wise, because people are going to be looking at that dog, looking for Jeez. problems. Exactly. And some people really like that about them, which is a shame. But most of the time, people really want to show them off as being the great dogs that they are. And those are the people we're hoping are, you know, out there representing them. Isn't it true, like like any intelligent dog, that that they need constructive exercise and, and to be kept busy? and Absolutely. You know, and like all that. dogs have yeah. teeth, so they all have the potential to be problematic so you want to make sure you're putting good things into your dog and training them positively and giving them that good structure in order to be great representatives any dog all dogs not just pit bull type dogs i also see that you're the founder president and the soul behind pinups for pit bulls what's that what is that we do an annual pinup calendar every year and we use pinup style hair and makeup and costuming and we pair (laughs) the uh, different kinds of dog advocates around the country and around the globe actually now um, with pit bull type dogs, and usually it's either their dog or a dog that we borrow from a rescue or shelter, and we use that imaging to help people see them as they are, as the goofy, sweet, loyal dogs that they are, <clears throat> and it gets a lot of uh, attention from the media and things like that, and once we get their attention, then we correct them uh, on the myths that they've often purported and give them the good information to spread. Mm. Well, this looks like a great book. It is the first of its kind that I've seen. It's called The Pitbull Life, 
A dog lover's companion, the author Deidre Franklin, is joining us. And I have 10 copies to give away now, toll free at 1-866-405-8405. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to Amazon.com or your local bookstore and ask for it. Thank you so much, Deidre, for being with us today. And give Baxter and Zoe a big old hug from all of us. I will. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Uh, Let's head back to the phones for your calls next. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome, my friend. So inspired from last hour listening to these 13 and 15 year old kids who are homeschooled and are making a device for blind dogs. So smart. If you want to learn more about these guys and what they're doing, head on over to our website at animalradio.pet and check out all of their cute projects that they're, I shouldn't say cute, science, very scientific and very, uh, well, who knows? These guys may be the next. Steve Jobs. (laughs) I will tell you, yeah, Steve Jobs, they are working in the technology sector of the pet world. And really, that's taken off like nobody's business. We see GPSs for animals. We see uh, these cameras now that uh, treat your dogs when you're away. Uh, Technology in pets, a big growing sector, a part of the $60 billion animal and pet sector. Yeah, and I think you should remember these kids' names because I think you're going to be hearing from them them in the future. Definitely. Yes, most definitely. We're going to go to the phones in just a couple of minutes before we talk to Ralph Nader. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani, here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. And you should write that down. You should put it on your refrigerator or next to your phone so that anytime you have a question about your animals, you can pick it up and call. I see Molly, the studio stunt dog. She wants to go out. Maybe you should take her outside. Um yeah, she doesn't. Uh... <laughs> you know, that's what I want to just do is when I want to go and do something, I'm just going to squat. Yeah, there you, you go. You know, dogs have it. You know, just let us know. She's the only it one that can stop the radio show so she can go potty. And she didn't get to go before the show. We we had uh, the pesticide people come by uh, prior to the show beginning, and so we were letting the pesticides outside dry before we let them out to uh, pee or do their business because we don't i guess it has to dry for about a half hour or so right you don't want them walking through the the wet product once it's dry you know the risk of any injury or illness is very unlikely but yeah so judy just ran out of the studio carrying molly the studio stunt dog to go pee in a non-pesticide area Uh, so what are you working on over there uh lori (laughs) in the newsroom anything just as important Uh, not nearly as important as that. And Lucy's doing backflips saying, feed me. Um, we're going to talk about, I told you we're going to talk about uh, the most popular dog names oh, of the year. Yes. And there are some trends in there. But also, if you're into things like, you know, Game of Thrones and uh, some of those Internet sensation things, even uh, movies, uh, we'll tell you what the trends are for naming your dogs in connection with these, you know, 
whatever they're called. I, I'm not very Game of Thrones inclined. And that's a TV show, right? I th- I think it, might, it was maybe a movie, a TV show. Uh, we're very unhip here at uh, <laughs> Animal Radio because we're all grown-ups. Uh, but uh, for the most part, we're seniors, uh, except for Dr. Yeah. W. I, I think that there was a trend to be named after humans this last few years. I, I've seen a lot of uh, that's animal a, That's another here. one. There's also two dog names. I'll tell you um, two dog names that are, are the most popular in Portland and Los Angeles, left coasters. Very interesting. Okay, that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. I'm not a senior. (laughs) Let's go to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry. So download it now. Also, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's ebooks how to be your dog's best friend they're available over at amazon and we have links from animalradio.com and we go to kent hey kent how are you good and you good where are you calling from today uh i'm from uh a, a town called fleetwood that's halfway between Reading and allentown in pennsylvania listening on weeu i bet huh yes yes Good, good. Well, so what's going on with your animals? I have the whole team here for you. Uh, we have three cats, um, about two or three years old. Two of them are brothers. One of them was one that we uh, somebody had found and we took in. And the one brother has um, some issues with his diet. We've had him on some food that... Uh, We've noticed over time he's been throwing up a lot, and uh, we switched his food to a, a different food that was supposed to be more palatable and that he's done fine with, but we've noticed that he's been losing hair around his lower jaw. Hmm. And I'm just sort of wondering if there's a means by which might be a, a good way of trying to find a food that works for them rather than going through a random process of elimination. Sure, sure. Well, okay, you well, I think we've got a lot of things going on in your kitty, so this won't be a very straightforward, quick, easy answer I can give you because you're describing a couple things that are potentially uh, either symptoms related to each other or unrelated. So that takes a little bit more work in getting to the bottom of that. But if you've got a kitty that's vomiting um, you know, on a regular basis, um, there's a lot of different medical issues that can cause that, um, anything from inflammatory bowel disease to pancreas to food intolerance and many, many more things. Um, so that's one thing as far as if we look at that and address that. Um, did I understand you said the kitty has asthma as well? Yeah. We've, he's had some wheezing asthma. Uh, okay. We've gone about every six months for a, um, a steroid a shot. shot. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. And that seems to have helped it a lot. And okay. it would be fine for, you know, like the six months and then okay. it sort of acts up again. 
Okay. And then, so we've got the, the vomiting, we've got the, the asthma, and then we have the hair loss on the chin. So all of those things, like I said, can be related, um, but they may not necessarily. So my medical side of me is saying, ooh, I want to know your cat better. <laughs> and to get to know your cat better, that does mean finding out more about what's going on in the body. Um, so anytime we have a kitty that's a, a, you know, a regular GI problem, as I call it, either chronic vomiting, weight loss, or diarrhea, that, that's a chronic thing that we need to investigate further. And that may entail looking up doing some blood work. It may mean doing some x-rays, maybe doing other things. Um, there are some situations when I have a kitty that has a vomiting problem. Um, a lot of times our first instinct is what food is going to fix it. And if it, in some cases we can do that, um, but it's not the most um, common situation. So normally if I, I worry about that and we don't get the luxury of doing a lot of other tests to try to get to the bottom of it, I'll do a couple things. One, I will do a good deworm protocol. Um, the second thing I'll do is put them on a hypoallergenic veterinary prescribed diet. And that is different than just going to the pet store, pulling a different food off the shelf or varying the, the manufacturer. And then um, the third thing that I'll often do symptomatically um, is use a medicine called Serenio, also known as Meropitant. And it is an anti-nausea medicine. Um, and we can use it at kind of a um, dosing for cats for um, vomiting as well as inflammatory problems, even such as asthma. Um, so that might be something that I would try to pull out therapeutically to try to help symptoms. Um, the hair loss in that, I think we'd have to look into further as well, whether that's a component of an allergy as well, because um, food um, can make a pet not only um, have uh, vomiting, but it can also make them lose their hair. Um, so that is something that, you know, that symptom, you know, if we don't have a lot of room to work it up, then we might, you know, address that vomiting first. Um, but the reason the hair, that I... The hair, on, the hair underneath the chin, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Could that be related to... Um, they have glands under their chin. Is that correct? Well, they, they're prone to, they have a lot of sebaceous glands. It's not just the only thing there, but um, we often can see problems with feline acne. It is also a common place where we can see hair loss um, from, you know, things like uh, allergies to um, types of uh, feeding bowls, um, or even, uh, you know, we mentioned food allergies. That's even a possibility. And then there's even cats that'll get bacterial infections or yeast infections. So it's... Uh, Again, it, it takes some work, and I think you have a very complicated kitty to kind of talk about over the phone because there are all of these different aspects of things. But the one point I guess I'd want to drive is that, you know, when we talk about food, if we're worried that a pet has a food allergy, it's so important to really stick to a um, prescribed treatment program and to eliminate everything else. That means treats. That means anything else edible, sneaking into the other animal's foods, and sticking to that for about six to eight weeks. And there's two basic ways that we would address this. Either what we call a novel protein diet, which means um, we feed food ingredients that the pet has never seen before. So their immune system has no immune response. They have no memory to it. The other is a hydrolyzed protein diet, which is basically where the protein is still accessible to the pet, but it's broken down into a small size so it doesn't trigger an immune reaction. And this is similar to babies who are allergic to uh, milk. They're on hydrolyzed milk formula. So we do this with dogs and cats as well. So those two philosophies, um, you will need to work with your veterinarian to find the right food. Um, I have favorites on either scenario, and it just depends a little bit on palatability and sometimes cost factors because it isn't cheap to get into these kind of diets. But it can really make a huge difference in helping to kind of manage these symptoms and try to get ahead of it. Now, I know that some people will try a diet and they only try it for like a couple of weeks thinking that's a real 
good test of a diet, but it takes longer, doesn't it? It does, yeah, and that's why I said minimum of six to eight weeks. Now, if we're in the food and the pet is getting worse by four weeks, I usually, I mean, there's no reason to continue that. We would try something different. Sure. Um, but there's a lot of kind of, you know, things that we don't realize our pets are getting into. So that's why I mentioned, you know, things like uh, for dogs, heartworm medications, um, you know, supplements, nutraceuticals that people are giving at home. All of those things can influence because they can have food proteins in it. Animals can be allergic to just about any kind of food protein. It doesn't have to be, or I should say, it doesn't have to be a protein. It can be a carbohydrate, a preservatives, dyes, things like that. So it, it is a little bit of a hunt to try to find a food that works because there isn't a reliable test that is true to what's going on in the pet. We mm. can't just draw a blood sample and test it in that fashion. I hope you find the food that works perfect and have yourself a wonderful new year, will you? Thank you. You too. Take care. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to the Dream Team right now. Hey, do you know this healthy serving of animal radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats? It's always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Hold Tiggers up to the microphone so people can see how healthy Tiggers is on it. We need a before and after picture of her. We really do. She's doing so well on it. Uh, if you want to learn more, head on over to redbarninc.com. The Movie Man six-second DVD review starts now. Unlike the Hudson River, Sully seems padded, but like the passenger, survives on the strength of Tom Hanks. I'm in. Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit HappylandAudio.com. That's HappylandAudio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Hi, this is Elaine Boozer on Animal Radio. Stay and to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Thank you for joining us on this New Year's Eve as you're busy scurrying around town doing what you need to do to get ready for the big countdown tonight into 2017. Big party. Are you, are you having a party? Yeah, on the couch watching yeah. the ball drop. <laughs> in my PJs. Yeah, by party I mean uh, yeah. <laughs> reading and uh, watching a little TV and canoodling. It's actually pretty cold here where we are, probably where you are too. Uh, but if you are in one of those towns that does fireworks, the whole fireworks thing, please be cautious with the animals because, you know, they can get scared with the fireworks and they can bolt, take off, do things that they normally wouldn't do. Yeah, you know, that's a good point because yeah. I forgot all about fireworks. You, you tend to associate them with Fourth of July. There's also a lot of people who go around just shooting off guns into the air on Crazy New Year's nuts. Eve. Yeah, and then people yeah. go to parties and they leave their animals home alone. So they should have some kind of a... You know, background music or something. To, music. Yeah. You know what I find is would be good is like the animal radio app. Just turn that little puppy on oh, and there you let go. them yes. listen to yeah. animal radio. Listen to me. <laughs> but uh, have a wonderful, wonderful new year from all of us here at Animal Radio. And thank you for making us a part of your listening habit through 2016. And here's to 2017. Squeak, squeak. Now you're working on all. Oh, you want the squeaky yeah, with the toy? Squeaky here, yes. here it is. Um, yes. You've got to take it out of her mouth, though. She's not very happy about that. <laughs> Here, you can have it back. <laughs> Jeez. She's a scary dog for being such a small dog, that little ladybug. All nine pounds of her. Yep. 
Uh, so uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to wrap up the year with Ralph Nader. I knew him as a presidential possible pick for, I believe, 2003, I'm going to guess. Maybe. Maybe it was even Yeah, no, it was about that time. He's done a lot since and now is advocating for the animals and will be joining us in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Um, talking about, uh, last week we talked about the most popular puppy names yep. for the year. And this hour we're going to talk about the most popular dog names overall and some of the weird trends that are going on in naming your dog. Well, I noticed this year a lot of dogs seem to be named human names. Very big trend. Yeah, we just yeah. ran into a dog named Walter. Walter? <laughs> That's kind of cute. I like that. That's I cute. Yeah, he was I do too. A little, you know, small, probably smaller than 10-pound chihuahua named oh. Walter. Oh. And he had his little plaid coat on, and he looked, you know, he looked like he a... He looked like a Walter. He looked like a Walter. Well, sometimes the yes. name just fits, it right? It did. Sorry to all you Walters listening. <laughs> uh, let's go to the phones for your calls for Dr. Debbie right now or for Joey Villani. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. We have Robert on the phones. Hey, Robert. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Cruising across Nevada here, Elko, Nevada. Elko, Nevada. Okay, how's your pet? Right. How are your animals doing? Oh, she's okay, but she's got some kind of discomfort. I think it's from a, a yellow jacket sting. Oh, okay. Did you see her get uh, stung by one? No, I didn't. We was We were at the lake, and she was over by the boat trailers, and there's nobody over there. And all of a sudden, she starts yiping like she's been kicked or something. I go running, and somebody's no nobody's around her. So there's yellow jacket nest in the boat trailers, and we figured that's what happened. Okay. So what's going on with her ear? What do you see? Well, it's a month later, and she had some immediate discomfort, and but that passed, and now she seems like she's got something in her ear. She walks with her head a little funny, keeps shaking her head. And have you had that looked at? Have you had a vet look inside her ear? No, I haven't. I okay. I looked and I don't see anything. I think she was just stung below the ear. Okay, because that would be really unusual to still have um, that typical like hypersensitivity irritation from a, a wasp or a bee sting this late down the road. Now, we can set, yeah. certainly a couple days after I can make a case for that. And in only rare cases where we have some horrible complication of a bee sting where there's like an immune problem maybe down the road would we still be having some itchiness from that but my my first instinct is i want to look down her ear um and the interesting thing is like when you look at a dog's ear if you're looking at the flap you're seeing only gosh maybe a quarter of what's going on inside a dog's ear because they have a very deep kind of convoluted ear canal that we can't see unless we put a scope down in there so that's my first prescription. Is I'm going to say, let's get a good uh, scoping inside her ear and look. Now, you might even find, and it's crazy, I found bugs in dogs' ear canals. So if there were bees around there um, or anything else, we want to make sure there's not something inside that ear, whether it's a physical object, a critter, um, or maybe an ear infection. Um, any of those things could definitely cause her to still kind of you know flap and, and show discomfort with that ear. Um, okay, well... I'll, I'll take her to the vet, Monday. Yeah, and, is and the, have, him, is the, have him have a look. Is the flap of the ear from the outside, is that normal, or does it seem thick at all to you? Everything is normal, and she likes her ear rub deep in her in her head, you know, like they do. Oh, the and head noogies, right, so, yeah? <laughs> yeah, she, 
she really leans into it to get that bottom of that right ear itched. <laughs> she, she's a super active four-year-old uh, minfin that jet skis and snowmobiles, and wow. <laughs> she's very active. She's very active. Well, very good. That's not, good to keep her out and active. Thank, All right, yeah, I'd say we appreciate your call. Pleasure. 1-866-405-8405 to talk to Dr. Debbie. And in just a couple of minutes, Ralph Nader will be joining us. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Betty White. All us animal lovers love Animal Radio. Please help every way you can to make life better for our animals. The Movie Man six-second review starts now. Rogue One might be the biggest disappointment in theaters this year. Just f***ing with you. It's great. The Mint. Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit HappylandAudio.com. That's HappylandAudio.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Uh, here's some more information that will be good for your New Year's Eve party or gathering. Um, last week we gave you the list of the most popular puppy names of the year. So for that list, all of the dogs had to have been born in 2016. So this week we have more, but Rover.com is responsible now. They dug into their database of hundreds of thousands of dog names to dish up the top overall dog names across the country. This year, they uncovered some pretty surprising trends. Did you know that 28% of dog names are typically basically human names, but it's much higher than that in this year's top 10 list? being five male and five female dog names. So they are, at number five, Jack and Luna. Number four is Cooper and Lola. In third place, Buddy for males, Daisy for females. The second most popular dog names, Charlie and Lucy. Human names, right? Yeah. And the most popular dog names, once again, are... Max Come on, you Max guys. And Max and Bella. Max and Bella. Max and Bella. Always. There you go. <laughs> it's also uh, interesting, yeah, that Charlie, Lucy, Max, and Bella, plus Jack and Luna, which were at number five, are also on the list of the top human baby names for this year. Now, as for food-related names, health food names, you know, peaches, mango, and tofu, those names are down. <laughs> And uh, kale is also down as a name as well, but it's it is most popular. Kale is in Portland, and there are apparently many dogs named quinoa, quinoa, which is <laughs> quinoa, a very popular name in Los Angeles. I can't that just doesn't flow off your tongue. You hear quinoa, or maybe it does. I don't know. But uh, names that have increased in popularity include those from Game of Thrones. Uh, Pokemon, Harry Potter, Stranger Things, and X-Files. Who oh. knew? Yeah. I just can't believe a kid was named Luna. Luna? You name a baby Luna? Sure. Yeah, it's kind of I think it goes with the times. Huh. I guess so. I know a lot of dogs named Luna. There's a man in Ohio 
who has gone to extremes to encourage pet owners not to leave their animals outside during some of the extremely cold weather that we've been having. His name is Luke Westerman, and he's a pretty well-known animal advocate who recently spent the night in Goodale Park, which is in Columbus, Ohio. Temperatures the night he did it were in the teens. Luke is is a, yeah, a good guy. He says, come on, you know, I, I just want people to think about what it's like to be outside in such freezing temperatures. Westerman says, domesticated animals, they are just not equipped to handle frigid conditions. And he adds, uh, you know, a way to think about it. Hey, if it's too cold for you or your kids to be outside without a coat, then it's too cold outside for your pets as well. And then you have, you know, if you do leave them outside, which used to be the norm decades ago, uh, but now it's more the norm for them to be inside. But when they're outside, you have to deal with, you know, trying to keep them warm and, and freezing water. Have you ever tried to keep a water bowl, you know, full of fresh water? But they do make heated water bowls these days. They do. But if it's freezing, they shouldn't be outside, which is weird because right. when I was a kid, my dad kept the dog outside and would not allow the dog inside. In fact, we were punished if we let the dog in and on the couch. So we've come a far way, certainly. Yeah. yeah, I ran away when I was like seven because my dad um, wouldn't let us keep the dog in the house. And he said, he has fleas. And um, well, of course, this was, you know, 50 years ago or less, actually. But and and I said, well, we let you stay in the house and you have dandruff. <laughs> he probably should have you know, grounded me, but he didn't. Oh. And finally, Clay Luthie is an Air Force veteran who can't go anywhere without his 10-year-old service dog, Charlotte. In fact, he can't even go to work without Charlotte. That's why this dynamic duo is especially overjoyed that they, yes, they finally landed a job at the Lowe's in Abilene, Texas. Up until Clay's wife gave him the idea, hey, you should apply at Lowe's because, you know, they allow dogs in there. The veteran had a pretty hard time finding a business that was going to be okay with Charlotte being there with him, you know, all the time and following him around in, in a work zone. But Lowe's HR department says through the interview process, Clay won the job on his own merit, but the company just got the added benefit of getting Charlotte right along with him. And she Aww. wears a vest too. Isn't that cute? Yeah. So do we know what kind of job he got there? This is very encouraging for yeah. those of us. Yeah, he's he's on the floor. He's like a, an associate. I think that's what they call them on the floor. You and so Charlotte will just be with him at all times? Yep. That's okay. cool. That's great. Very cool. Hands off to low or hats off. <laughs> uh, or pause high five. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. 
When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear-free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You know the numbers. It's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Write that down. Put that on your refrigerator. Hi, Wanda. Hi. How are you doing? Okay, I have two pets. One is a Dachshund miniature pincher mix and a Chihuahua. Okay. So the problem is with the Dachshund. She's having a skin problem. I switched vets like four times, and they always said that it's yeast, airborne yeast. And mm. they give her shots, and she goes okay for two weeks, but then they, they give her prednisone and... That makes her eat a lot, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. they, they, she's still itching, and she still have the yeast, and she still have the smell. And have we used any medicine that's specifically geared towards the yeast, either by a pill form or by a shampoo or a topical form? Well, they give me Maraset. Okay. And I have to bathe her every other day, but sometimes I can tell you the truth. I don't have time, and it's cold, and she gets very cold. Mm-hmm. Okay, and is that it, or are they using any pills for that other than the prednisone? No, that, and they give me Apoquil, okay. but Apoquil, she's still itching, and then the doctor said, well, then give her Benadryl. Okay. Well, still itching. So I'm going to kind of make some interpretations of what you've said and what I think maybe the direction your veterinarian is going here. Um, so if your pet has yeast on the skin, um, the important thing to know about that is that yeast is generally not the primary problem. It's a secondary problem. So there's usually something else that's um, making that skin barrier unhealthy where the yeast can really grow and proliferate. So if they're using things like prednisone and Apoquel, it sounds like they're suspicious that she has an underlying allergy. Um, So those medicines are geared towards the allergy. But the sad thing is if we use that and don't address infection and treat it with the medications for those conditions, we're really not going to get anywhere. So we're going to think that, you know, the medicine isn't working for allergies when we're really just not treating a bacterial infection or, say, a yeast infection that could be present. So what what my consideration, and I'd ask you to talk to your veterinarian if this seems fair in, like, a direction that they would agree with, is that if we have yeast in the skin and it's chronic, especially if it creates some of the different symptoms I see with yeast, and um, I should mention those, yeast in the skin will often cause a really stinky foot odor, Smells like old man foot. (laughs) Uh, With me, I have to wash my bed and everything every day. Yeah, so it's it's a real strong smell. Um, The dogs will often have kind of a greasy feel to them in those areas. And in some cases, when it's present for chronic long-term periods of time, we'll actually get a thickening of the skin, and it'll become kind of darkly pigmented and um, almost what I describe as elephantinized. So it kind of becomes like elephant skin. She had that in her tail. But then okay. I bathe her and give and and went away. Okay. So, yeah, so that um, definitely, if those kind of things are going on, then yeast is very, you know, suspicious. Um, we usually confirm that by taking a sample from the skin and looking, and, you know, yeast show up pretty easy on a impression smear. So 
the thing I would ask you to talk to your veterinarian about is, can we use something systemic for her, for this yeast? And that might mean a couple different possible medicines, but they basically all fall under the category of an antifungal. Um, medicines such as ketoconazole, or itraconazole, or even one called terbenafine. Any of those are used with yeast infections, um, whether it be in the ears or, say, in the skin. Um, so that would be something. And it does take a long period of time. We might get some improvement after maybe a week or two, but many times this is something that we have to treat for many weeks to months. Um, so that would be something where, um, you know, I, I would definitely talk to them about that. The other thing is, you know, definitely the maliseb that you're using is, is certainly an appropriate one if we're suspicious of yeast, but there can be even some other things that we can use topically as well as far as um, different types of mousses or sprays that we can use that contain either, um, say, chlorhexidine, which is a type of a um, antiseptic, um, or myconazole, which is a anti-yeast topical. So those can be things that we can add into the regimen. But um, I think the good thing in your situation is there is some things that I can suggest for you to try, and the big thing is um, sticking with it. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Any Jane Doe can tell you that Geico could help you save, but since money talks, we just ask the savings instead. Greetings and some salutations. I'm Jane's Money. And I never knew my self-worth until Jane switched her car insurance at Geico.com. Those 15 minutes built me up to real savings. Geico's been helping customers save money like me for over 75 years. So take that to the bank. And namaste. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio. Up next, a gentleman who's named by Atlantic Magazine as one of the most influential figures of American history and by Time Life Magazine as one of the 100 most influential Americans of the 20th century. We welcome Ralph Nader to the show. Hi, Mr. Nader. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Very good. Glad to have you on. We were just trying, we were looking back, trying to figure out, you. what year did you run for president? Uh, 1996, unofficially, and then 2000, 2004, 2008, officially. Well, you've done so much. You have uh, made driving cars safer, eating food healthier, uh, breathing better air, drinking cleaner water. Now we see you've taken a path towards the animals in a, a brand new book called Animal Envy. Tell listeners a little bit about the premise behind it. Uh, I, like millions of people, and maybe all of you, have often wondered, what would the animal kingdom say to us if we had a common language? What would they want to tell us? Mm. Uh, mammals, reptiles, birds, fish, and insects all speak in this book to humans. And it's a fascinating uh, melange of, of uh, the way they get together, uh, the way they strategize. How do you talk to humans? They're pretty imperious. You know, they, they think we're stupid and we're just... Uh, uh, pumped up by our DNA, that we don't learn things, that we can't really adapt other than through instinct. And they don't understand that our well-being is connected to humans' well-being. And if if we go down, if we are extinguished or extinct uh, and our habitats are destroyed, that's going to severely harm the human race. And so it, I try to make every page a gripping one, one that astonishes the reader with uh, 
the way sharks can recreate without uh, uh, having intercourse with a male shark. Uh, I want to try to get people to imagine the plight of these animals. Uh, they have uh, emergency calls. The whole thing revolves around a human genius who develops an app allowing all these animals and insects to talk to human beings and to talk to one another and to probe all the knowledge of the natural world assembled by human beings. And then an elephant, owl, and a dolphin sort of take charge, and the human genius opens up 100 hours of global TV. And he says to the elephant, uh, owl, and uh, dolphin, okay, you program what all of you in the animal kingdom have been wondering and wishing you would say to human beings. What was uh, your inspiration for this? Well, it's my own curiosity. You know, we all grow up as kids, and we read these little fairy tales, you know, where animals sort of uh, are, are speaking, uh, you know, language, right? And cartoons are that way, of course, too. Uh, and I began to watch squirrels and watch, you know, just in the neighborhood. And I, I once watched a squirrel leap from one uh, brace of twigs in a tree to another 40 feet off the ground. And, of course, it didn't slip. And it occurred to me, I've never seen a, a squirrel make that leap and and slip. And so, you know, squirrels are considered rather dumb animals, and, you know, they're just driven by instinct, and they like nuts. And just think of the calculations in those squirrels' brains. Uh, wind, moisture, the flexibility of the twigs that they're about to land on, they know that, that if they fall, it's curtains. A cat, if they don't get killed in the fall, the cat will, will pounce on them. They'll be wounded. And, uh, and then I said to myself, you know, I see humans all the time. They're walking down the street and they fall. <laughs> you know, <a> flat <laughs> And then I started reading uh, a lot of the recent uh, uh, scientific information by naturalists and others and biologists and ecologists about the intelligence. Uh, intelligence of dogs and cats, more recently the intelligence of chickens and the different ways they communicate uh, and they uh, modulate their, the sound of their communications. Uh, and, of course, uh, we've had a lot of information about the, uh, the, uh, the knowledge and, and the intelligence of primates and how elephant herds uh, take care of an injured little elephant, even at their uh, group peril to keep the... The, the little wounded elephant from being eaten by the lions and how elephants can have sorrow and grief and empathy, uh, how, how uh, crows can figure things out and actually use primitive tools. And so I thought that this Animal Envy book would uh, really challenge and delight the imagination of anybody who read it. It's for all ages. Uh, it's for all backgrounds. It's for all cultures all over the world. I'd be amiss if I didn't ask you, how will animals be affected by this new presidential administration? Well, I don't think they're going to do anything about uh, industrial agriculture. That's going to be left to the referendum of people. You know, in, in some states now, they're requiring more space for chickens and pigs and uh, cattle. Uh, California, for example, has alleviated some of the stress on chickens uh, so they don't have to be pumped with so many drugs and, and other uh, uh, chemicals. Uh, so I don't see the Department of Agriculture under Trump uh, loosening the uh, horrible stresses and pressures on uh, domesticated animals for food. 
I appreciate you spending time with us today. The book is called Animal Envy. I have 10 copies to give away right now, toll free at 1-866-405-8405. If you can't get on through, I encourage you to head on over to Amazon.com or your local bookstore and ask for Animal Envy by Ralph Nader. Thank you so much for the book, and Ralph, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Thank you, and thank you. Good listeners. Okay, it's about time for us to get on out of here. Have yourself a very safe and beautiful New Year's celebration. We will catch you next year. Happy New Year. Here's to 2017. Cheers. Cheers and Happy New Year. This is Animal Heart Radio Network.